are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, thatmyportfolio.com. I know you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's episode, we got Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully back on the pod. We're discussing why the D-backs couldn't really trade anyone at the deadline, why other teams didn't really want the D-backs players too much. And we also discuss our favorite moves at the MLB trade deadline. So it's a jam-packed pod as always. But first, I want to tell you, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And don't forget... This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this weekend to get in on the action. Now, let's jump right into the pod with Sully Baseball. Sully, I know you're a big theory guy. Do you have any theories as to why this was such an extravagant trade deadline? Um, I think because, I think a couple of reasons. I think there were some definite haves and definite have-nots. Uh, I think the thing that made it really interesting, and I talked about this on my show a couple of days ago was that on June 24th, the Cubs threw a combined no hitter against LA and were tied for first. And a little more than a month later, they're trading everything but the Ivy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, after that combined no hitter, the Cubs went on such an intense nosedive. And imagine if that nosedive took place in August, that they, that they held the team together and then they collapsed. I and mean, that would have been, just completely disastrous. They would have had nothing. I think the fact that the Cubs were fell off a cliff like they did turned them into one of the most interesting trade partners because they had so many players who had World Series experience uh, and not just World Series experience with the Cubs, but like Kimbrell mm-hmm. and uh, and um, who else did they trade? Well, they traded away Brian, they traded away Baez, they traded away Kimbrell. Peters one of uh, yeah, Peterson. That's right. Uh, yeah, that, that was the one I was thinking. Yeah, Peterson, because he had World Series experience with Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, th- that they had these chips that you knew exactly what they could produce. And some of them were productive this year. You know, Kimbrell has had one of the best years of any reliever in baseball this year. Like ever, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, and Bryant, um, you know, he slowed down in the last month or so. But for the first two or three months, he had he was putting together an MVP candidacy. So you were getting major leaguers, you were getting well-known major leaguers, you were getting major leaguers who you know could make a difference in a pennant race and who were part of a pennant race just a month earlier. So I think that's one of the things that made it so intriguing that these weren't broken down has-beens, these were good players whose team just happened to have a crummy month. So I think that led to it. I think that you had the the high profile teams like LA, like New, like the Yankees, like the Red Sox, who were 
very um, motivated buyers who all had something to prove. You know, they are all teams that, you know, people were talking about like, you know, how unfair it was the Dodgers added a Scherzer mm. and all this. But do you know what? Uh, if the season ended today, the Dodgers are a wild card team and they could be one and done. So, and they have a ton of injuries to their pitching set. Well, they have one pitcher who's probably not going to pitch anymore for legal reasons. They have another ace who's currently on the injured list. So, yeah, I mean, they, Scherzer was a smart move. And so, and the Yankees, for all the talk of the money they've spent and everything like that, they haven't been in the World Series since 2009. Mm-hmm. And they have, a lot, they have a lot to prove. And, and the Chicago White Sox see this as a chance to basically become the team of the city. And the Red Sox want to take the, the nasty taste of the Mookie Betts trade out of everyone's mouths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the San Francisco Giants want to turn the page after the Bochy era and try to win. I mean, there's a, these these high profile teams all have a uh, and of course, the Mets, the Mets are the other one. The Mets are a team that sees an opportunity to take the city and and to win that division. And I think it was really interesting. And, there, and one of the other team or two of the other teams that were, were active, maybe not as uh, flashy, but the Phillies made a couple of very big moves, including mm-hmm. Kyle Gibson and the Reds made a couple of moves. Uh, certainly to fortify their bullpen. And they're bracing themselves in case the Padres collapse or in case the Mets collapse. They're like, okay, just in case, we're ready to go. And, uh, you know, the Mets and the Padres had a very weak July. And if that carries into August, then all of a sudden the East and the second wildcard team very much comes into play. So I think the fact that there were high-profile names – uh, that were available and teams that were very motivated made it for an interesting trade deadline. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point you bring up because we were just talking on your pod. Why didn't the D-backs have a bigger deadline? Maybe that's one of the reasons. They didn't have the name brand guys like a lot of these other teams have. Merrill Kelly was probably our best trading chip and he doesn't have any sort of postseason record. You don't know what Merrill Kelly is on a big stage. So maybe that's why a team like the Cardinals would rather go after some crappy veterans in a John Lester and a Jay Happ instead of giving getting that, you know, younger veteran who's actually balling out in a Merrill Kelly. Because the D-backs had, you know, veterans who were willing to be traded like a David Peralta. But none of those guys on the D-backs roster was the level of a Chris Bryan or Anthony Rizzo, of course. The, the best player we had to trade was Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. We might have got back the most disappointing return of any player traded on the MLB trade deadline day. So. Yeah, I was so I was surprised, especially because I thought they had a partner with the White Sox, mm-hmm. it sounded like. And it sounded like the White Sox had has a deeper farm system than Milwaukee does. Like it didn't that that trade partner with Milwaukee just didn't seem to make sense to me. I mean it made sense from Milwaukee's point of view. I completely understand why they went for Escobar, but I, I don't understand why that was from Arizona's point of view. Sully and I will continue our trade deadline discussion, but this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Diamondbacks once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversations you listen to here every day. 
Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Miller Thomas to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this weekend after the D-backs win. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the D-backs. See you there, Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Uh, I'll tell you one one interesting side note of the trade deadline is one of the front runners for American League Cy Young Award going into the trade deadline was Gibson of the Rangers, who's having a wonderful year. Now he's slumped his last couple of starts, but he's definitely a top three or four Cy Young candidate. Who, if he had a great August and September would be seriously in the conversation and now he's with the Phillies. Yeah. So it's like all of a sudden, yeah, well, I guess he's not winning the AL Cy Young award. I mean, Lance Lynn may have to send a thank you note to the Texas Rangers for trading away Gibson. Cause right now Lance Lynn is probably the front runner for the AL Cy Young award. And who would have predicted that at the beginning of the year? But uh, it, it's, it's interesting. Some of the, the residual effects we're going to see in some of these, these moves. But yeah, I think they've got a lot of brand names that were involved there and big flashy. A lot of times these front offices try to make moves if for no other reason than to placate the fan base. I'm completely convinced that the moves that the Cardinals made, acquiring Jay Happ and acquiring John Lester, neither of whom are going to are particularly effective this year. I love Lester, but he's not having a very good year with Washington. And he had that one really great game. But I mean, most of the time this year, he's been underwhelming. But this way, the Cardinals front office said, hey, hey, we tried. We picked up Lester and Lester is a brand name as opposed to, uh, you know, Kelly or someone like that who may not be as well known. Uh, Yeah, I think there's so many familiar names that uh, a, a fan base can look up and say, oh, look at that. We pick, you know, even Schwarber, who got picked up by the Red Sox, Schwarber doesn't fit on the team. Mm-hmm. There's no position for him. They need a first baseman. Schwarber's played as many games at first base in the major leagues as I have. Mm. And why, I don't understand why they didn't trade for Rizzo. But Schwarber is a big home run hitter. Yeah, he hits these big, sexy home runs, and people see, see him on the highlight reel. So the Red Sox front office say, hey, we needed a hitter. We got ourselves Schwaba. We got hey. Schwaba. Well, so, you, yeah, we'll see. You said you were getting in shape for your birthday, Sully. Maybe the Red Sox could use you at first base if you got as much experience as Schwaba over there. Well, look, I played – I was the third-string first baseman on my high school team. And in one game, I made two throwing errors from first base to first base. Oh, no. (laughs) Two plays were a ground ball to me, pitcher covering, and I threw behind the pitcher both times. You said you were a third string? Yeah, I didn't play often. That that sounds like it makes sense, though, off that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, look at um, if the only thing that I was missing to becoming a great baseball player was ability and if i had the ability i would have been a great player because i practice hard i played hard i did extra batting practice 
I was first to practice, last to leave. My coach loved me because I was on the bench cheering, being loud, being encouraging, going up and down, having special cheers for each player. I had everything but ability. That's tough. I say the same thing. If I was like 6'5", more athletic and could shoot, I would be in the NBA, Sully. But unfortunately, God didn't make me that way. But that's okay. That's why I'm here on the pod with you. I know. I know. Well, yeah, let's see. We're not going to even if we have Tommy John surgery, we can still do the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've looked at like the American League uh, earned run average leaders. Lance Lynn, I think, is going to win the Cy Young. He's number one. Kyle Gibson. I think he's certainly the leader in the clubhouse right now. And and his one of his biggest competitions was was Gibson. Uh, And I think that I think Lynn had an advantage over Gibson. I would have picked Lynn over Gibson, but uh, certainly uh, with Gibson out, uh, it, it makes for, uh, you know, it, it, it makes for a uh, uh, much easier choice at this point. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if he has a great uh, August and September, if Otani could win the Cy Young. I, think I mean, it's-, I, it's a long shot at best here. And there's a couple, and like Irvin's pitched well for Oakland. There's other pitchers who have pitched well. I think if even Garrett Cole, if he has a really great final third, he could insert himself. I think it's Lynn right now. But how wild would it be if Otani, like, he's going to be a top five Cy Young finisher probably. Oh, yeah. He'd probably finish pretty high. Yeah. So, anyway, I think it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I don't think that would be too shocking to see him finish high. Uh Carlos Rondon has 18 starts, but I guess he doesn't qualify right now in baseball reference. But with Gibson gone, Rondon and Lynn are like the only two pitchers with a sub three year right in the entire American League. And Sean Minai is after that. Like Robbie Ray has a 304 ERA. That's like fourth best in the American League. He's got a better ERA than Garrett Cole right now. So Cole, ever since, uh, you know, that sticky situation came down, he hasn't uh, he hasn't been as dominant. He hasn't but been he, dominant. Uh, but to, I will give but I'll give Cole his credit. He did have that complete game shutout against. Mm-hmm. Houston mm-hmm. and he has had a couple of very good games so it's not like he's been no he's been a chump he's just been inconsistent yeah there's a little bit more inconsistency with him now, all right, now that, you're okay little, I'll, yeah. all right I'll grant you that yeah uh, not as not as far off a cliff as you Darvish has fallen after <laughs> if you look at you Darvish uh what I see his him pitching is this a position player no really? no it's a several time all-star mm. but I, uh I haven't checked in on the you Darvish split yeah you Darvish is a yeah. Oh no, I'm looking at it now, Sully. Yeah. Oh, Sully, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. He hasn't been a four of his last five, at least four earned runs allowed. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to bring that up when we do our power rankings later for the. Yeah, top. yeah, the Padres. My pick to win the World Series at the beginning of the year. E. Oh, did I mention yikes? Yeah. So it's not looking too good for the Padres right now, but we don't want to spoil anything just yet. Nope, Sully. No, I not just to, yet. I want to get a few of your thoughts. I'm going to turn this light on right here. Yeah, it's starting yeah, to get behind. It's starting to dark. It's starting to get vampire yeah, film going it, on here. Yeah, what time is that over you, Sully? It's 721. Okay, so I think we got the same time. Yeah. Sully, I need to know, what was your favorite move of the trade deadline? We had a lot, of course, a lot of teams, but what do you think was your favorite? Sully and I will wrap up our trade discussion for today, but did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There is a flavor for everyone, and the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because it's healthy. I'm about to go to the gym after this pod, but I need an energy boost, and Bilt Bar tricks me. I have a sweet tooth. 
and I'm thinking I'm eating a candy bar when in reality I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you want a Built Bar, just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. wrap up the pod um well i i do i loved the move that la did for bringing in scherzer not just because whenever you can bring in a hall of famer it helps but it also is going to help them completely sidestep the trevor bauer mess mm-hmm. that it's not even going to become an issue in terms of him playing for the rest of the year he's done uh he's done and it's and you know he said you know, we're bringing scherzer who nobody has a problem with at least in terms of you know he's a hall of famer considered to be at least a great competitor. I've never met the man. Uh, A trade that I think really made me think, okay, wow, that's really good, was the White Sox getting Craig Kimbrell. Mm -hmm. I think the White Sox, right now, the White Sox have the easiest run for a division title. The Indians are the closest team to them, and they're selling. And they, you just rattled off. They have Rodon. They have... uh, 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 Lance Lynn, you have Giolito. Hell, mm-hmm. Dallas Keuchel is their number four starter, mm-hmm. and who's not having a great year. But you have a former Cy Young Award winner with World Series experience in your number four hole, and you have what's been a pretty good bullpen, and Hendrickson closing games out for him. And now you have Kimbrel. The thing about the White Sox that I think is really uh, interesting is they're not bad at anything. They're not great at anything. They've got a good rotation. They've mm-hmm. got a good bullpen. Here's my doggy. He's got a good doggy. <laughs> hey, Eleanor. There's my doggy, Eleanor. Eleanor wants to talk about the White Sox. And uh, they're good at everything. They've got good defense. They've got good, uh, they, like, it, it kind of across the board. If you're looking at weaknesses, they don't really have one. And, and so if you put them into a short series they could of course they could lose but i think that they have they basically fortified the team i picked the white Sox to win the american league pen at the beginning of the year and i'm standing by that pick and i think the addition of kimbrell just fortified the ending of those games and i think uh you know i think tampa bay has vulnerabilities red Sox, yankees uh astros A's, Mariners, all the teams that are contending right now have more vulnerabilities than the White Sox. And I think that this move made them a uh, made them the favorite to win the American League, in my opinion. And and the other move, I think that is, uh, uh, I mean, I I mentioned it earlier, but I think the the moves that the Philadelphia Phillies made mm. by picking up Gibson, by picking up Ian Kennedy, these weren't. I mean, these were good, smart moves for a team that is basically uh, – I mean, there's still several games out of – they have a losing record with a negative run differential in August, and yet they still have a shot at the playoffs. And I think those moves were perfectly made with a potential Mets collapse. I actually got to check. I don't know if they won tonight. I know uh, – oh, they're winning. Actually, they won tonight. So the Phillies did win. So the Phillies are now even 500. 
goes, okay, so book the parade. Okay. And uh, I think the Mets lost. Yeah, the Mets lost. So there you go. The Phillies are creeping up and they have a bunch of games head to head. And so uh, I think the Phillies and the White Sox and Los Angeles uh, had the best trade deadlines. And I'll give the Yankees credit because while I don't think they fortified the rotation as much as they needed to, Gallo and Rizzo are great additions to that lineup. And the other thing it might do is it might kickstart Stanton because Stanton has been awful the last four or five weeks and getting even good Stanton in the lineup would be an improvement. And I wonder if having him sandwiched with Gallo and Rizzo around him might kickstart him in the lineup. So I gotta give, I'll gotta give the Yankees credit where credit is due. Yeah, I give the Yankees credit. No one here wants to give the Yankees credit. They got kind of redundant, but still, to add tr- two true all-stars to your lineup never hurts. Like you said, I love what the Phillies did. Cal Gibson, he was balling in the American League. Hopefully, he transfers over to the NL. I don't see why I wouldn't, but I believe uh, I believe it will. And also, Ian Kendi, he's a pretty underrated closer. I mean, this was a guy who was almost a Cy Young Award winner with the D-backs many years ago, and all of a sudden, he's one of the better closers in baseball. So, he's, mm-hmm. he's kind of flown under the the radar uh but yeah the white Sox. i really like that move and also they got cesar hernandez to replace nick madrigal who's like yeah. out for the rest of the year so that was a pretty good pickup by the white Sox, and it kind of makes me want to do that escobar to the white Sox deal even more because in that craig gimbal trade they moved nick madrigal in that deal back to uh the chicago cubs yeah as a d-backs guy i would have loved to get nick madrigal back i don't know if it would have been there on the table for eduardo escobar but this was a guy who was first round pick i think in 20 2018 is only like 24 years old. Like I felt like the return that the Cubs got back in that Kimbrel deal was kind of underreported to get back, you know, when they're younger, better players on that lineup. So uh, I think the Cubs, Cubs got, I think the Cubs got a good return for Kimbrel. Mm-hmm. Just like I think they got a good return for Baez. I think the Cubs did not have a bad trade deadline. I think they, I mean, the, you could argue that the worst trade they made was for Bryant where they didn't give up, they didn't get a lot back from him, but they got back, they seem to get back at least more than one player, so maybe they're going for volume, but they got a couple of, you know, between Madrigal and Armstrong, they got a couple of players back, and uh, I, I, I think the Cubs did okay. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diebacks podcast. Remember, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Come back tomorrow for more Sully Baseball Talk where we talk about our losers of the MLB trade deadline. We discuss uh, moves that should have been made by certain teams. So we still got a lot to discuss when discussing the MLB trade deadline. So I'll see y'all tomorrow. Deuces!